Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. NATO's Secretary General is promising extra support for Ukraine. We will stand by Ukraine as long as it takes. We will not back down. Jens Stoltenberg spoke at a meeting of NATO foreign ministers, including the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. They met in Romania, which borders Ukraine, as Ukraine faces Russian attacks on civilian infrastructure. NPR's Ashley Westerman joins us from Kyiv. Uh, Ashley, what are the foreign ministers focusing on in this meeting in Bucharest? So this meeting is specifically about how NATO can support Ukraine through the winter, which is supposed to be particularly harsh this year, um, amid a constant barrage of attacks on Ukraine's critical infrastructure by Russian forces. The U.S. announced a new tranche of aid yesterday, $53 million, to help acquire equipment to fix Ukraine's utility grid. Um, Things like transformers, circuit breakers, surge arresters, vehicles, and other equipment. In a tweet announcing that new money, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Russia's attacks on Ukraine's civilian energy system were, quote, brutal and have imperiled millions. Also yesterday, NATO pledged to provide more weapons, air defense systems and munitions to Ukraine, um, but also non-military aid like fuel and generators. Yeah, it's been a week since uh, Russia just unleashed that attack that Dublinkin called brutal on infrastructure in Ukraine. What's the situation there right now? Well, I I can say it's gotten better, but it's still difficult. For example, here at NPR's bureau, we experience hours-long electricity blackouts. We're actually on generator power right now. And these usually knock out our Wi-Fi and sometimes our cell service. Uh, But it's not just us, of course. Countrywide, there are still millions without power, too, because of the strikes last week. Um, Earlier this week, officials say about half the homes in Kyiv have had their power restored. And it is getting restored in other parts of the country. But they still have about 30% less power than they actually need. And that's according to the state energy operator, Uker Energo. And, you know, the repairs are going slower than before as well. Um, temperatures have been hovering around freezing most of this week. And we've had lots of snow, making it super difficult to fix what's been broken. So how are people coping with this? You know, the Ukrainians are toughing it out, really. Um, While countrywide energy curbs have been in place, um, people are also voluntarily rationing electricity. And you can see that just walking through Kyiv, darkened buildings and neighborhoods that clearly do have electricity. And there's also a sense here that rationing energy is not only imperative to their survival, but also patriotic. And in one act of defiance this week, officials here in Kyiv say Christmas trees will go up throughout the city. Um, However, many of those trees won't have lights. Here's Mayor Vitaly Klitschko on the decision to go ahead and celebrate the holidays amid the war. He says Putin wants to steal everything from us and wants to take the holidays away from children. We can't let that happen. I know defiance is one thing, but I mean, these big attacks on infrastructure, they become a regular thing almost weekly. Um, Does that mean people are going to be bracing for the next one? Absolutely. People are super worried. Uh, Russia is failing to beat the Ukrainians on the battlefield, so they're hoping to freeze them out by taking down their utility infrastructure. And A, it's become a bit of a game of whack-a-mole, honestly. You know, the Russians strike, the Ukrainians do what they can as fast as they can to repair the damage, but then the Russians strike again. 
And another big strike is what I think people are really most worried about right now. That's NPR's Ashley Westerman in Kiev, Ukraine. Ashley, thanks. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Betterment. The emotional build of a will-they-won't-they love story is never chill, but your investing portfolio should be. Betterment is the investing app that lets you be totally chill about your finances. Their automated technology and tax-smart tools are easy to set up, so you can focus on navigating any will-they-won't-they-love stories that come your way. Betterment. Be invested and totally chill. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Amgen, a biotechnology pioneer leading the fight against the world's toughest diseases such as cancer, heart disease, asthma, and osteoporosis. In a new era of human health, Amgen continues to accelerate the pace of change, operating sustainably and drawing upon deep knowledge of science to push beyond what's known today. With each decade, they reliably deliver powerful new therapies to patients. Learn more at Amgen.com. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I I just started doing research. uh, But the truth is, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR.